You are listening to your new puppies podcast, starting you and your dog off on the right paw. Here's your host, Debbie Salento. Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of your new puppies podcast. I'm Debbie, and today I'm going to walk you through my mini journey of teaching Mariah the trick, spin. Now, my goal here isn't for you to be able to go and teach your dog spin. My goal is to walk you through the process, meaning the ups and downs, the adjustments I had to make, the wins we had, the lessons that I learned, my own mistakes, setbacks we had in the middle of training, because we so often forget that training a new behavior doesn't happen in a straight line, despite what, you know, YouTube videos or books or even our obedience class says. Because how many times have you looked up something on YouTube and it was obviously a dog who already knew (laughs) the trick, but it's really the only way to demonstrate how to do a trick in, you know, three to five minutes. And unfortunately, this leads us to think that we're inept and we don't know what we're doing. Like we're doing something wrong. Our dog's doing something wrong. Are we a hot mess? Are the treats wrong? Where no, it's probably just part of the process, even for me. So I will add the formal steps of teaching spin in the show notes because I know some of you are going to really want that. But what I want to do inside this episode is go over the part of training this type of skill that those steps don't tell you. And also illustrate why this type of training, obedience skills and trick training is such a valuable part of your dog's overall training. Because besides learning the actual command, you and your dog are also learning from each other throughout the whole process. So it took Mariah a little over a week to learn the trick. And when I say that, I want her to do it without the food lore, with just the visual visual cue, which is the hand signal, and just with the vocal command. Because once she knows those things, It's more about tweaking the behavior and then maybe, you know, upping the challenges with, you know, distractions or distance or, you know, doing it multiple times in a row, et cetera. But once they're like at that hump where they know those three things, that's usually when I can say, okay, the dog knows the command. Now, my dad's dog, Ollie, also makes a cameo in here, but he did have to drop out at one point and I'll explain why when we get there. And the other thing I want to note before I go through our little journey is because I had to be super intentional with these sessions because I was trying to get them on film, I did one to two 15-minute sessions a day, not even every day because sometimes I wasn't able to do it. What I usually recommend is three to five-minute sessions throughout the day. So maybe four or five of them throughout the day. And I did feel that Mariah didn't catch on or learn this as fast as she usually does. So that's usually what I recommend, especially for um, younger dogs. But Mariah is nine years old and she also learns better that way as well. 
Okay, so let's start with session one, because this one, because it was the first session, is where the most adjustments had to be made. In fact, it's where I learned the most and, well, where I actually learned the least. So since it's day one, session one, we should go in with no expectations. Our dog has no idea what we're about to ask them to do. We might be new at teaching this behavior. So it's kind of like a let's see what happens attitude. Now, this is where I'm going to admit to my first mistake because notice I said the words we should not go in with expectations. And I did because Mariah is very good at obedience. She's built for it. It's probably the German Shepherd in her, but she thrives on it. She loves it. And so I expected her to get this right away. And she didn't. We really struggled this session. And that led to almost immediate frustration on my part until I realized what I had done wrong. I went in with expectations. Why would Mariah ever think that I was going to ask her to spin in a circle? I've never asked her to do that before. And at the end of the day, I'm asking her to spin in a circle. Like, is it a big deal if she never learns that? I think we can both move on if she never gets it. So once I had my expectations in the right place, things started to go a little smoother because she still struggled. And that's where I had to make my first adjustment because I had liver treats and Mariah just wanted those liver treats. So she, instead of, you know, trying to follow my hand and and really connecting to what I was trying to ask her to do, she just kept sitting, going down, staying in place. Like she was giving me all of the behavior she already knew, usually get her treats. Like she would seriously like stand up a little bit, walk closer to me and sit down harder, trying to get this treat out of my hand. And I already knew this about Mariah, that the treat itself can be a distraction for her. So she got really frustrated because she didn't know how to get this liver treat out of my hand. I did ask her to do a few things that she already knows so she could get that liver treat. And then I switched to her kibble. And again, things went a little bit smoother. She actually started to watch my hand with the food and go in a circle sometimes. What ended up happening is that she would automatically sit because that's the most common thing she does to get whatever's in my hand. And she would get stuck there. Like she would kind of like follow the treat like with her head, but wouldn't like stand up to walk around. So I found that if I walked her back and forth and like kind of backed up and brought her closer to me. So as she was walking to me, I then looped her around in a circle. It was much better. So I spent a lot of time just walking back and forth in the room. But I found that that was much easier for her to grasp So I was able to get the behavior out of her. So I was able to reward it and be like, yes, this is what I want, not sitting. So that just took a little bit of experimenting from me. And yes, that knowing to do that might be experienced both in training dogs in general and also training Mariah. But that's what's so great about these first sessions because you can just experiment. You can see, okay, maybe I got to think outside the box to get my dog to just to do the behavior. That's why we're not even using the command yet because there are no expectations because technically we haven't asked them to do anything yet. And then I did end the session again with with doing a few commands that she knows to give her some quick wins. And then we ended the session. And this is also where Ollie 
came in and for his little session, and he was Mr. A student. Now, Ollie is a little bit more of a goofball, and that might be why, like, he took to this trick particularly, because, like, spinning in a circle, he's probably like, yes, this is fun. Where Mariah's like, what are you making me do, human? Just give me the, just, just give me the treat. So by the end of the session with Ollie, I was able to just give him the little wrist flick hand signal to get him to spin in a circle. Like he, I even was able to take that lure away. I still didn't use the command because I did not want to ruin the success we were having. And But one thing I did notice before like we were able to get so far was if I put the treat right on his nose, he was like kind of like zigzagging around trying to get to the treat in my hand instead of just walking in the circle where my hand was going. But if I held the treat in my fist where he couldn't see it, and just held my fist right above his nose, just out of reach, because he knows he's not supposed to jump for the treat. Then he followed my fist right around in a circle. So that was another adjustment I had to make for him. So I, so if he couldn't reach it and it was just above his head, I was he followed that lore so much better, and that's why I was able to work so quickly with him. Okay, so session two, I always go back a few steps to start a new session just. especially because we weren't exactly solid in the first after the first session so I always go back and I almost like she has no idea what I had already taught her just to kind of get her mindset back into oh the weird thing you were asking me to do yesterday and this is where she really started to catch on to the lore so I might have only had to go like a quarter of the way with my hand and she went the rest of the way on her own Now, eventually, I want it just to be a little half circle wrist flick and not have to use my arm at all. But this was progress. And that's all I was looking for. But I still had to have the treat in my hand. If I tried to remove the treat from my hand, she had no interest in following it. That's where she started like sitting and going down and trying to figure out what I wanted from her. So she didn't exactly have the motivation. She just wasn't there yet. And that was okay. This is only the second session. The other thing that happened this day was I started to use the command because I knew if I had the treat in my hand, I was like 90% sure, I was over 90% sure that she would do the behavior, that she would spin in that full circle. So I added the command as she was spinning, just to start, like I wasn't expecting her to know it or listen to it, just to start to connect that noise, essentially, with this behavior. And what started to happen is every time I said spin, she would sit. Even if she was in the middle of it, even if she was halfway through, she would sit. So I just simply changed the command. So from here on out, I'm teaching Mariah twirl. So Ollie joined us this day as well, but he was not Mr. A student. He, I don't know what was happening with him that day, but he was overexcited. He was overstimulated. He was jumping up, trying to get the treat out of my hand, which, I mean, he knows from prior sessions that he's not supposed to do that. And after about three to five minutes of kind of fighting him on it, I just said, we're done. It was not a teachable moment, and I took him out to play. Now, if he was my dog, I would have probably brought him back in and tried again once that energy was out. But, you know, he went off with my dad and, you know, did stuff with his own human. So I was never able to get him back for that training session. Now, 
Session three was super short, but also really fun. We dropped right into training. I I think it was even like two days later that I I was able to do this session, but she dropped right back into like knowing that lore. I was even just able to shorten up even more. I only had to start it just a little bit and she knew exactly what I wanted from her. Still had to have the treat in my hand, but like I could tell that she was like proud of herself. She's like, I know what you want from me. And she kept doing it. So... I did use the command just like I did in the session before where I didn't expect her to listen to it, but I was just trying to connect twirl to the motion she was doing. So because we had struggled in prior sessions and this one was went so smooth, I ended it short to keep it a really fun win. This is where Ollie had to drop out. He was having tummy problems and was on a very restrictive diet of chicken and rice. So if he was my dog and like living with me, I would have just saved some pieces of chicken to do the training with. But my dad was dealing with it and I didn't want to mess with it. Again, I'm just teaching his dog how to spin in a circle. It wasn't life or death. Session four. Okay, two things happened this time. I was still having a lot of trouble getting her to follow my hand if there was no treat in it. Because I was essentially down to the hand signal. It was just a little wrist flick and she was going in the circle, yet she wouldn't do it unless I had a treat in that hand. And I really wanted to change this. So what I ended up doing is I did have a treat in my lure hand and in my other hand. So I would lure her with the treat in the one hand so she would do it and then I would treat her with the other hand. So if there's no treat in this hand, she could still get it in the other hand. That's what I kind of wanted her to start thinking. And it worked. It worked beautifully. So I was able to finally get that treat out of my lore hand. Then the other thing she started to do was she would spin and then immediately sit. Almost before I was able to get her the treat. So that took a little practice on my part where I had to get her the treat before she would sit. Because I didn't want her to start thinking that that was the motion. That it was spin, sit. And the sit is what got her the treat. I just wanted her to spin. So again, my timing was off a couple times and she sat before I was able to get her the treat, but with a little practice, I was able to like get that treat in her mouth before she sat and then she stopped feeling that she had to do that every time. So I felt that was a pretty productive session. Even though I did try to push it a little bit, I also started to use the command before I did the hand signal. You know, she pretty much has the hand signal down now. So I wanted, so what I would do is I would say twirl, I'd wait a beat and then use the hand signal to see if I can get her to do the spin before I have to give her the hand signal. I didn't really have high expectations, but like she wasn't getting that at all. She had to have some kind of hand motion from me. In fact, I had to start hiding my own hands behind my back. So out of my own habit, I wouldn't start to turn my hand because she just needed the slightest motion and she knew what I wanted, but she was not connecting that command yet. So session five, that was our goal. But unfortunately, throughout this entire session, we made absolutely no progress. We didn't go backwards, but we also didn't go forwards. We kind of plateaued. She was still really strong with the hand signal, really strong with the lore, but was not getting that command. So again, I would just say it. I would say twirl, wait a beat, 
and then do the hand signal if she didn't respond to it. But again, during this session, she just wasn't getting it. And this is actually quite typical for a dog to have trouble with just the command without the hand signal because dogs learn visually before they learn vocally. We try to teach them the opposite. We try to teach them the vocal and then the visual is secondary, mainly because that's how we as human beings learn. And we're a bunch of chatterboxes and that's how we communicate with each other. But dogs don't learn that way. So even though we didn't make any progress this session, I understood that that this is the hardest part for them to grasp. But session six came around. I continued with that same exercise. I would just use the slightest bit of movements from my hand, but she still seemed to, to need it until finally there was one time where I said it and she kind of looked at me and like very slowly started started to spin because she was very unsure. It's like, I think this is what you're asking. Oh my goodness, we threw a party. Well, I threw a party, which got Mariah really excited. And it was just like a mama bear moment where I was so proud of her. And you know, of course, I forgot to put the video camera on for this one. I just forgot to hit record. And we missed our, our big crowning moment of her learning the command. So we did it a few more times and she was getting it. She wasn't completely solid with it, but she definitely was getting what I was asking her with just the command. So this is where the rest of the day I did periodically just like grab a treat and ask her to spin or twirl with just the vocal command just to strengthen it because she did struggle with it a lot and it wasn't really steady by the time we ended the session. So at that point I was like, I just need to strengthen this and I didn't worry about getting it on camera. And we're there now. I don't need the treat in my hand. She'll do it with just the hand signal and she'll do it with just the command. Most of the time I'm doing command and hand signal, but I feel that the dog knows what you're asking when they don't need both vocal and visual. And that's it. That's where we are with our spin journey. Now, as I mentioned in the beginning, I will put the formal steps of teaching your dog spin in the show notes, which you can find at playtimepause.com forward slash episode 62. So that's playtimepause.com forward slash episode 62. So I hope this was helpful. I kind of went in the other direction and gave you a lot of detail here, but my goal was to make sure that you have the right expectations going into this journey and teaching your dog new things, especially if this is your first time doing this with your dog or doing it with any dog. You know, in this world of one minute videos, a lot of this stuff gets lost in translation. And that could really take a lot of the fun out of it. And you know me, I think training your dog, raising your puppy should be fun. Okay, and the more you do this, the more you got, you'll learn. Just like a lot of the adjustments that I had to make with Mariah, I only knew to make those or what was going to work because I've worked with Mariah before, because we went through basic obedience. So I kind of got how she learned. Yes, some of it is my own experience as a trainer, but good news is you don't have to learn how every dog learns. 
It's just your own. And that is all I have for you today. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can rate and review it wherever you listen, and that helps other dog owners find the podcast. If you would like to continue training with me, I have both online and in-person services. You can find all the details on my website, playtimepause.com. And of course, there's my four-week puppy course for brand new puppy owners, where you get four weeks of lessons, and 12 months access to me to help guide you through your training journey. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be speaking with you soon. Bye for now.